hello there, little black kitties of the night. Come and join me, your host, Deadly Debbie, as we go through my creepy files and listen to real-life, strange-but-true stories from people all over the world. Explore the weird and wonderful in my weekly podcast with Deadly Debbie's Creepy Files. <laughs> This podcast is part of the Podbelly Network. Please visit podbelly.com to see a complete listing of all of our other shows. It's about to be a fun ride. Follow along, watch as we slide. Paranormal just hit the lights. Goosebumps all through the night. Mixing just a little bit of twain. That girl sure can't do a thing. Together, hillbillies go insane. Laugh so hard it'll hurt your brain. Podcast you won't ever change. These two here, they got the recipe. Sat on back and listen in to some of our darkest mysteries, eh? Welcome to Hillbilly Horror Stories. And now here's your host. Jerry and Tracy Polly and their dog Ninja. Hey guys, welcome to episode 237 of Hillbilly Horror Stories. I'm Jerry. And I'm Tracy. Tracy, we have a fun show set up for tonight. Oh, well, that's good. Well, first and foremost, we want to thank all of our military and civil servants all over the world, no matter which country you represent. Thank you for what you do. Yes, thank you guys for keeping us safe as always. We love you all. And you're our angels. We pray for you guys every day. Hope you guys all get to come home soon. We also want to take this opportunity to remind anybody that if they're going through a tough time right now, if they need to talk to somebody, you can always talk to us. You can talk to anybody that's in our group. Uh, I advise anybody who just falls on hard times and, and needs somebody to talk to but don't, don't feel like they have anybody they can talk to to join our group. So Billy Horror Stories, obviously on Facebook, and trust me, there's 5,000 people in there that will do their very best to make you feel uh, like you need to feel on a positive side, of on a course. regular basis. Everybody needs to feel positive. And like I said, obviously, you could speak to Tracy and I if you want to send us emails or uh, talk to us on social media. We are more than happy to talk to you. Yeah, we are. Um, if you would rather call the hotline number, it's 800-273-8255. And you can text at 741-741, but just know that there's somebody out there that's wanting to listen and help you out. Absolutely. And before we get into all the fun stuff of the episode, not that this isn't fun, but of course, we are sponsored by El Yucateco Hot Sauce. It's the number one habanero-based hot sauce in the United States and top 10 out of all hot sauce. You can get yours at lucateco.com. You can use the code that we have, which is Hillbilly Horror, and you get 10% off of your Yay. entire purchase. That's amazing. Yep, and uh, like I said, they uh, <laughs> we get to where we, we bring our hot sauce. We went to a live event last week, and somebody had mentioned to us, that uh, you didn't bring your oh you could take over with you <laughs> and, and, and no we didn't on that occasion no we didn't actually but we had pre-ordered yeah we had to pre-order before we even got there so we already knew that wouldn't anything we were going to be using hot sauce on yeah so. I had like a dang hot dog so that one yeah you had a hot dog and I had a brisket sandwich with barbecue yeah. on it so. <laughs> but don't think we wouldn't have used it on there but uh, yeah anyway that's uh, we love those guys they have seven different flavors go check them out yeah Tracy it's you you did your 
wonderful ACDC rendition. Well, you're very kind. It's gotten a nice response. Uh, it, it had a country flair to it, which I didn't think I would ever say about an ACDC song, <laughs> except for that bluegrass one that travels around of somebody doing Thunderstruck, which is really cool. In the oh, barn, I know. In the that is so cool. But somehow Tim Mullins has decided that it was a good idea to bring up that I should do something, which mm-hmm. that was never the intention because, you know, it's just funny when you do it. Oh. <laughs> well, it's not. I know you, what you're saying. You can obviously sing. But it's uh, rapping is not your forte, and, no. and hard rock is not your forte. Here's the funny thing about it, though. Let me let me say this: Tracy sings these ACDC songs in the car, and while it's not Bon Scott or Brian Johnson worthy, it doesn't sound like that came out. But when you stick her in front of a karaoke and a microphone, it all of a sudden turns and morphs into some kind of country. That's not the way she sings it in the car, <laughs> and that's what makes it so funny. I know it's so weird. It's just when you put her on the spot. Yeah. But she's like that. You know, she, I remember one time we were doing a, a little video and I gave her like one line to say and we must have took 20 takes and ended up just settling for one because if you give her a set script, it's like she struggles with it. It doesn't come across natural. <laughs> and this music does the same way, even though she naturally could sing. If I was to say, if I was to tell her right now, just sing the song, she'd probably sing it and it'd be a lot closer. Mm-hmm. But Anyway, so with that being said, um, since Tim put the pressure on me and a couple people wanted to pile on, I did do a uh, a little version of something that we'll put at the end of the show. So there you go. Yeah, you did a really good job. So. Well, that's debatable. Whatever. It was one take. It was just sit okay, down. Okay, don't have to rub it in my face. No, I'm saying most people are going to look at it and say it's not that good. But it was just uh, literally I had somebody coming over the house and I sat down and took five minutes <laughs> and did it, brush through it one time, and put it together, and there you go. So. It's fun. It's fun to do. In fairness, you only did one take of the last Well, time. that's true. I just felt like this is it. It is what it is. All right, tonight's story. We've often done stories about the ladies in white. We know you love that. So I thought tonight we'd mix it up a little bit, and we're going to talk about a pink lady. I chose Rizzo from Greece. <laughs> So you younger people will get that. Oh, that yeah. That was their name with the pink ladies. Mm-hmm. Anyways, the story is going to be kind of like last week's in a sense that we're going to learn about the legend and, and the paranormal events and the history and all that. But there's going to be a lot more paranormal than there will be history. Yay. So, I know a lot of people do like that. So, And I also noticed before anybody point, points out, we're doing back-to-back hotels. Mm-hmm. normally we don't and you know we'll do back-to-back hauntings or poltergeist or something like that but usually i try to mix it up a little bit and uh i saw this story which i was unfamiliar with and i liked it so much i was like i just want to do it this week so normally i would have saved it just to not have back-to-back hotel stories but well, it is what it is it's okay it's your show all right so well thank you i appreciate that <laughs> you're welcome <laughs> so let's jump into some history uh officially the hotel today is known as the omni grove park inn and like I said, it's owned by Omni, so it's in it. But the, and historically, it was just known as the Grove Park Inn. Are you saying growth? Grove. Oh, Grove. Grove. Okay, gotcha. G-R-O-V-E. Okay. It's located at 290 Macon Avenue in Asheville, North Carolina. It's probably not too far from where we stayed that night. Yeah, on our I was going to say that sounds like, I mean, yeah, we, stayed, we went through there or something, didn't yeah, we? Yeah, we stayed the night there on that trip back from Florida. Remember the next morning is when we got up and I took you to Pigeon Forge for breakfast for your birthday. Yeah, yeah. That's right. I took you to a whole different city just for breakfast for your birthday. <laughs> 
Anyway, it opened up in 1913, and it was built by Edwin Wiley Grove. That's the, the name there. Grove was not from the area, but he came here because his doctor advised him to, because he was really sick at one point. And at that time, Asheville and some of the surrounding towns were very popular health resorts. So his doctor said, hey, go out there. I think it'll, it'll do you some wonders. So Grove loved Asheville so much that he decided to stay. He was a very smart businessman. And uh, he saw that with all the tourists uh, coming to the area there looking for ways to improve on their health, he decided to capitalize on it. So he and his friend and his son-in-law decided to open the Grove Park Inn, which was a hotel. Now, Grove was no stranger to the health and wellness business. He had made his fortune selling Grove's tasteless chill tonic throughout the South. Now, the tonic was designed to keep you from getting malaria which was a huge problem in the South at the time. Well, and I'm sure it doesn't hurt that if it doesn't have a yucky taste to it. Well, that's going to be the whole thing. So as far as the name, the main ingredient was quinine, which has an extremely bitter taste. So making it tasteless was quite the accomplishment, and it made it a great seller. Wow. Yeah. What the hell he did that? I don't know. I guess just other stuff that neutralized it. You know, like when you're cooking and sometimes it'll be like, hey, if you, this is really acidic, so I add something sweet yeah. to it or something like that. I don't, I don't well, know. that's very cool. When they built the hotel, the goal was to be one of the finest hotels in the country, and it's definitely stood the test of time. It's been in continuous operation since it opened with such well-known guests as Thomas Edison, Henry Ford, Harry Houdini, George Gershwin, F. Scott Fitzgerald, and President Obama have all stayed there at one time or another. This is a top-of-the-line hotel with several world-class restaurants, a spa, and one really cool resident ghost. Oh, can't wait to hear about this ghost. Yeah, and that would be the pink lady that we mentioned a little bit earlier. So the legend is that she was this beautiful young lady. She was in her 20s, and unfortunately she fell to her death from the balcony up on the fifth floor. Man, they do that a lot. They do. Clumsy people. Some tellings of the legend said that she may have been pushed from the balcony, and so maybe it wasn't as simple as, you know, her just slipping yeah. and falling. Maybe they shouldn't make balconies. Why? Well, you gotta have a balcony. Well, I guess so. You don't have to, but I mean, it makes for a lot nicer hotel. So who was this young woman? As usual in these stories, details are about as hazy as the apparition themselves. One story goes that she was having an affair with a married man. So they met at the hotel. At the end of the night, this man broke it off with her, and she was so distraught that she threw herself off the balcony. Women, what can I tell you a thousand times over? Well, you're not telling her anything. Well, I ain't telling her, but <laughs> there is no man worth flinging yourself off a daggone balcony for. Come on. Get together. Others say that she was a debutante, who accidentally slipped and fell from the balcony. Though no one is exactly sure of her identity, all who have seen agree that she is a very kind spirit. Very nice. There are hundreds of stories of encounters with her, and none of them have ever been malicious experiences. The pink lady has been described a couple of different ways depending on who saw her. In some cases, she is just a pink mist. Oh, that's what I would want to be. And a other... pink mist <laughs> with glitter. Nice. Oh, my gosh. I would be so, like, awesome. Sorry, go ahead. I was just imagining that. Other people have seen, like, an actual woman in a pink ball gown. 
By most accounts, she's especially fond of children. In fact, she's much more likely to seem by children than she is by their parents. There's a well-known story of a doctor who stayed there, and we're going to get into complete details a little bit later, but he stayed at Grove Park with his family, and when he checked out, he ended up going home and sending a letter to the staff and thanked them for the lady in the pink ball gown for playing with his son during this day and uh, said that his son had told him about her mm-hmm. and had a really great time, and he just wanted to make sure that he commended her. Oh, no, did he know? Yeah. But that was nice. She was nice to do that. Mm-hmm. There have been other reports of children that, that were staying at the hotel that somehow became sick. And, like, you know, they were sick and had to stay in the room because maybe they had an upset stomach or right. something like that. And she's been seen by their beds, stroking their hands and speaking, speaking softly to them. Oh, I love her. She's awesome. She is also a notorious prankster. Of course, she's known for the usual turning off lights and TVs and stuff like that. But she also likes to wake up guests by tickling their feet. <laughs> <laughs> My dad could never stand that. You can never. Yeah, I don't. It don't bother me. My feet don't bother Boy, me. Boy, I mean, all you had to do is look at him and act like you were going to tickle his feet, <laughs> and he it just drove him crazy. At times, she also likes to rearrange the room. You okay. will come in, and the bed will be on a different room, and all that. Is that sure? It's not my sister. <laughs> could be. Yeah, she does <laughs> rearrange a lot. There have been sightings of the pink lady all over the hotel, but your best bet on catching a glimpse of her is in room five forty-five. Now, this is the balcony that the legend says that she fell from. The hotel's employees have had so many experiences with the pink lady that they just consider her part of the tradition of the historic hotel. Nice. I will say from all reports that the pink lady is not the only paranormal guest staying at this hotel. So let's talk about some of these experiences that employees have had. Bill and Mildred Nielsen both worked at the hotel for 40 years. That's a long time. That is a very long time. Mr. Nielsen had a peculiar experience in 1940. Now, this was during his time as a night watchman. He had just finished making his rounds, and he was heading back towards the hotel lobby. Something, he said, took hold of his arm and stayed with him on his arm until they got to the lobby. He said he looked several times on the trip back, and he never saw anybody there. But it was the same feeling as a person just locking arms with you. Oh, wow. These are typical of the stories that the employees have had over the last hundred years here. At one point in time, the hotel would close down over the winter months. So during this time, there was just a skeleton crew working there. This was when some of the strangest occurrences would happen. For example, it was common for the elevator in the main inn to get buzzed to the fourth and fifth floor when there was only two employees in the building and both of them were in a separate part of the hotel called the Great Hall. Frida Baker worked at the hotel for over 20 years as part of the catering and convention services. She had an eye-opening experience in 1981. It was during these winter months. The hotel was closed down. She was there one night all by herself trying to tie up some loose ends and she was reprogramming some cash registers. At this time, like I said, she was the only one in the hotel. So there was a security guard on duty, but he was outside on the property, just kind of making his rounds mm-hmm. at the other aspects there. Around 11 p.m., she left the building. The door locked behind her, so she had no way of getting back in. She gets in her car and tries to leave, but she can't leave because there's a chain across the exit from the parking lot. Uh-huh. Where I guess they felt like that everybody was gone already. So she couldn't leave. 
So she goes back to the hotel, pulls up in the front, and starts honking the horn. For the help, like the security guard would Yeah, so the security right guard would hear because she can't get back in the building. Uh-huh. Well, as she's doing this, she happens to look up, and she notices that every light on the sixth floor is on. Ooh. And so you got all these hotel rooms up there. Yeah. Guest rooms. The lights are on in every one of them up on the sixth floor. And they shouldn't have been because there no, were they no guests. No, they shouldn't have been because she turned all of it off and there's no guests. There, you know, that's right. There was no guests. So there was no lights on when she left. Mm-hmm. But now they were on since the time she's got in her car. She's honking her horn and here comes the security guard, but not from inside because she's assuming he's the one to turn the lights on. Yeah. But he comes from outside. He's still outside. And he walks up to her car and she's like, why are those lights on? And he's like, I have no idea why they're still on. So they go back in the, the building together. And they go upstairs. Lo and behold, the lights are off by the time they get upstairs. Well, hmm. Well, then they get back down. She goes to get back in the car, and the lights are on again. Everyone, as the because so the they both get downstairs. He walks her out to her car, and they're both standing there talking. And as they look up, all the lights flipped on at the exact same time, not room by room. Everyone on them at the exact same time. I mean, at least she had somebody there to verify with her, and she didn't think she was crazy or something. Oh, without a doubt. And I'd been pissed if there was no elevator in that hotel, and I had to walk up six flights of stairs <laughs> every dang time. Frida said she just got used to the sounds over the years of doors opening and closing when there was nobody there or nobody in the vicinity of the noise. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, so I'm she sure just she just accepted it is yeah. what it is. As we mentioned earlier, the Pink Lady is the most popular ghost here at the Grove Park Inn, and nobody knows this any better than Pat Franklin. She managed the hotel's nightclub, Elaine's, for several years. Pat said that the Pink Lady is a very gentle spirit, and that she has had several encounters with her over the years. She said it's like a real dense type of smoke when you see, when she's seen her. Yeah. So like that pink mist we were talking about, she said it's like a real dense smoke. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I guess a lot of people have seen her then. Oh, yeah. That is so cool. She said she just kind of flows, like she floats a little bit. Mm Mm-hmm. She said it's like looking at uh, a pinkish pastel smoke. Oh, man. One time when the nightclub was full, she was walking toward the landing on the steps. And she said she had to suddenly dodge to avoid walking right into this pink mist. It just popped right, right in front of her. Ooh, she should have walked through it. <laughs> she and many others have described the pink lady's apparition as an abstract pink foggy form. Others, is, was it like like tall like a like a person or is it just like a you know what I'm saying or was it just like a little cloud or something I wonder. No, it's like a little cloud. I, I don't think it had well, it depends on the descriptions cuz the descriptions that I got sometimes it has no form and then other times they say it has the form of a woman. But it's still like Yeah. I guess like the silhouette but then filled in with mm-hmm. pink smoke. Well, that's so weird. I wonder how why they determined to be a full apparition and then just a poofy cloud. Like I said, it just depends on it must be who's the mood. seeing it. So this is kind of like I said, sometimes it's got the shape and everything of a real person. This is what happened to Carol Klein Rice. It was New Year's Eve of 1989. Carol and some co-workers were at a party at the accounting office. Don't that sound fun? <laughs> I'm just thinking, what are they, are they playing like spin the adding machine? <laughs> what they're, doing? they're probably the wildest people. <laughs> were they playing music from ABBA and Kiss? You see what I did there? <laughs> Yes. Abacus. I got it. 
Sounds good, babe. So, so anyway, they're at this party. It's between 3 and 4 a.m. They're the last two members of the party that are left there. They hear somebody come in the back door. They look up, and they see someone walk past them really fast. So they both see it. Mm-hmm. It was a woman, definitely, without a doubt. They got a good enough look at her to see that she was dressed in party clothes. So they assumed that it was a guest. Both of them quickly got up, searched around, but they couldn't find anybody. So at this point, they were a little bit freaked out. They called the security guard. They came up, also looked around, and couldn't find anybody. So they're sure that's Mm -hmm. who they experienced. Now, Sharon Ponder... She was a photographer at the hotel from 1991 to 1995. Her photo lab was in the old plantation kitchen, another part of the hotel. Mm -hmm. She said that she saw the pink lady four times that she knows of, maybe a fifth. She used to play tricks on on Ponder by moving stuff around Mm -hmm. in her developing room. And she said that there were a couple of times when she actually touched her. Oh, gosh. Sharon said that one time the pink lady touched her on the back and it felt so icy cold that her hair stood up on end like it was in a really, really bad electrical storm right before the lightning strikes. (laughs) Are you done, Ninja? (laughs) It was either Ninja snoring or Tracy farting. She she likes to blame it on Ninja all the time, so I don't really know. I told you I don't fart in public. (laughs) On a different occasion, Sharon said she entered the room and she saw the pink lady standing right next to a window. When she looked back, she was gone. On a different occasion, it was late one night, she had glanced into the window. You know how windows are dark at nighttime because, mm-hmm. you know, you just had that darkness because it's no light outside. So she's looking into it. The window pane's dark. She could see the reflection of the pink lady standing behind her in the doorway. Mm-hmm. Again, same result. She turned around, but there was nobody there. But she could clearly see it in that window. Sharon said that from the best of her knowledge, from what she's seeing, she had dark hair. One time she was all in pink, but the other time she was in baby blue. She said she usually didn't see her. She just felt Felt that she she was there. there. Sharon said that all of her photographers were afraid of the pink lady. Why? I don't know. To Sharon, she was just more of a prankster. The pink lady has also made several guest appearances. To, you know, guests. <laughs> well, I mean, at least she's not shy or anything. She gets herself out there. No. She's not boring. So we told you briefly about the doctor earlier, right? The doctor that left the note. Mm-hmm. So here's a little more details. This was in 1992. The doctor and his family were from Tampa, and they were staying in room 443 and 445, which are adjoining Connected. rooms. yeah. Yeah. The doctor and his wife, they went out for a little bit to get, get some dinner. They left their two-year-old son who was napping in room 443. Now, the babysitter that they had was in room 445 next to I was going to say, I know they didn't leave that baby in there by itself. <laughs> well, they wouldn't. The pink lady was there. No, um, okay, that's better. So the sitter, could, she said she could hear the toddler murmuring for like an hour and a half before he felt, finally fell asleep. Mm-hmm. She went in to check on the child, and he turned to her, and he asked where the nice lady went. She said, what lady? And he replied, the nice lady that I've been talking to. She tucked him back in, left, and she said she could still hear him kind of murmuring again for about another 10 minutes before he fell back asleep again. When the parents returned, the little boy told them about the nice lady. Now, this happened again the very next day. 
In both cases, the doctor had placed a chain on the door, so there was no way anybody could have entered that room, not even the employees and the staff, because it had the chain on the door. So they would have had to come in the main room in order to get to that room, and that's where the sitter was. So that pretty much rules out any real person that the little boy was talking about. And the about. sitter didn't hear anything at all, I guess. Nope. Nope, not She's at all. She's fired. <laughs> you fired. <laughs> so anyways, the next we're going to move on to Bob Morris. Now, Bob Morris stayed in room 448 in 1996, and he had an encounter. I want to take this time to point out that Bob Morris was the chief of police in Kitty Hawk, North Carolina at the time. Okay. You know what happened in Kitty Hawk? You know why Kitty Hawk's famous? Does that sound famous to you? Yeah, like a plane or something about a plane. Wright Brothers. Wright Brothers, yeah. He was there attending a chief of police conference. So he arrived around 6.30 p.m. that night, and he went straight to his room. He sat on the bed with his back to the door. He picked up the phone so he could call his wife. He had dialed the number, and he's sitting there waiting for the phone to ring, and he felt someone sit on the bed next to him. (laughs) He quickly turned around, and nobody was there. So when he got off the phone with his wife, he went around, he checked the room, and then he checked underneath the bed, which there's nothing underneath the bed. It's platform. And then he checked the mattress to make sure springs weren't broke or something. Well, I was going to say, he's got some splaining to do yeah, to his wife. Absolutely nothing. So there was the, the mattress was in fine shape, and there was nobody in the room. So the next night, he's at the hotel bar in the Great Hall with, with some of the conference vendors and a couple of the other chiefs. One of the vendors asks him what he thinks about the ghost. Now, Bob had no clue what they were talking about because he didn't know anything about the history of the hotel and the hauntings yeah. and none of that stuff. So the vendor says, you know... The one on the fourth floor. Well, Bob was thinking that he was being set up for some kind of practical uh-huh, joke. Uh-huh. The vendor said, oh, no, no, it's no joke. And he walks away for a few minutes. He comes back and he's got a copy of a newspaper that has an article about the pink lady. So then one of the other chiefs said, hey, I know where I think I can get some more info. And where do you get info at a bar at? <laughs> the bartender. Yeah. So he goes up, he goes to the bartender, and she referred them to another employee who had supposedly seen the pink lady on several occasions. So so the couple of the police chiefs and some of the vendors, they go to this employee and they talk to him for a little bit and they listen to all his stories. Mm-hmm. Bob said he can remember getting an extremely cold chill that went straight up his spine because of the whole incident. His first night there was all coming back to him that, hey, maybe... This was a little ghostly experience. But that same night that Bob Morris had his experience, Gwen White, who's president of the National Federation of Press Women, had her own experience in room 441, so on the same floor. Her and her roommate were getting ready to leave for dinner, and they made sure that the closet door was completely closed and the lights were off. When they returned, the lights were on throughout the room. And the closet door was open. Mm, She must have been trying on some of their clothes. (laughs) They were familiar with the story of the pink lady, though, so they just joked about it. Gwen said that they made it a point that night to leave the bathroom door completely open and the light on. So if either one of them had to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night, they wouldn't run into the door. 
Both went to the bathroom during the night. The door was wide open for both of them. But when they woke up in the morning, the door was not only closed, but it had been latched. Dang. Gwen said that... Maybe she had to poop. (laughs) She didn't want to be disturbed. (laughs) Gwen said that for her, something even stranger happened during the night. She said that she... Heard a couple of sounds, and she kept telling herself, you're listening for things. You're just listening for things, yeah, Gwen. Get that yeah. out of your head. Mm-hmm. It was a very hot night in the room, and she slept on top of the comforter because of this. That's when something tickled her foot. She moved her foot to, you know, touch up against her other foot, and a few minutes later, a finger tickled her other foot. <laughs> she looked immediately over at her roommate, who was fast asleep. So she decided she was just going to get underneath the blanket, regardless of the heat, and that's how she spent the rest of her night. Both Bob and Gwen and the doctor were all on the fourth floor. So even though a lot of these experiences are happening up on the fifth floor with the pink lady, these instances and several more all happen on the fourth floor. So there are a lot of stories that originate from the fourth floor. Michael White is a uh, previous bellman, he said that one night he was escorting a guest up to the room around 4 a.m. On his way back, he said he turned a corner and it was like he hit something, like dead air. He said it stopped him and knocked him up against the wall. He thought that he had actually hit a person, but there wasn't anyone else anywhere on that floor. Now that would scare the bejesus out of me. Yeah. And as we've addressed earlier, the fifth floor definitely has its share of uh, experiences as well. They said that there's some rooms up there that some of the hotel employees refuse to enter. So what do they do? Just not open the rooms to guests? No, I mean, I guess they just get another employee to do it. Oh, there's just some that won't. If Joe don't want a clean room, Mm -hmm. you know, 512, then, you know, Henry will. (laughs) You don't don't put that on Henry. Well, you know, Henry's cool. (laughs) There are sightings and weird occurrences that are commonplace all throughout the hotel. Brenda Pace, she works at the hotel convention uh, services. This was this dates it a little bit. She said back in 2004 in an interview that the typewriter in the office mm-hmm. <laughs> likes to likes to typewrite little nobody odds and end things when nobody is using it. Ooh, I wonder what it says. She, well, I'll tell you. She said it's everything from a few random characters to full incoherent paragraphs. Well, that's crazy. Pace said that the phenomenon had actually been happening before she even started working with the company. I wonder if they kept any of that stuff. I don't know. That'd be cool. I mean, to yeah. put it in a frame and say a ghost did it. There's actually been a few cases of the pink lady scaring employees off. In the late 90s, there was a crew cleaning the Blue Ridge restaurant, and one of them was up on a ladder, and they were cleaning a window. A woman came by and said, I'm not working you too hard, am I, son? And then she just disappeared. The gentleman came off of the ladder, clocked out, and never came back. <laughs> Another it's just because you don't like to do windows, that's right. all. Another incident involving a plumber doing some work in one of the tunnels underneath the main inn while they were doing some renovations. And he claims that the pink lady kept hanging around him the whole time he was down there, and he refused to go back into the tunnel. She was looking for the plumber crack. Apparently. 
It's diploma. Come to fix the sink. <laughs> oh, yeah. While the pink lady is the most famous, there's also some shadow-type apparitions that employees have seen that kind of freak them out. One employee that didn't want to go on record said that you can see black and white shadows at Elaine's, which was the nightclub we talked about earlier. She said quite a few people have seen them. They don't have a particular shape other than they're just being shadowy looking. Mm-hmm. She said it's almost like seeing uh, something that's darker than what's there moving through the room. That's, said, that's scary. She said that there are several people that you can talk to about it, but um, they know that they're not related to the pink lady. It's not a definitely not the pink lady. It's something uh-huh. completely different. So Bill Kelly, who had worked at the hotel for over 20 years, said that he would often hear these strange sightings at, at Elaine's. He said they had a glass elevator that goes, you know, up and down from Elaine's there. Mm-hmm. Some of the servers or the bartenders that worked there would report that one of the bartenders would bust the bar and the other bartender would take trash up the elevator and then back down again. When the elevator reached the lanes level, again, the bartender at the bar could see the back of the elevator. Keep in mind, it's glass so you can see straight into it. Several times, they could see a silhouette in the elevator with the other bartender. The bartender would come out of the elevator, but the silhouette wouldn't. The silhouette would then disappear, and the bartender that was in the elevator with it had no idea. Ooh, that would have been cool if we could have got, like, a picture of that. Yeah. I wonder if it would show up. I don't know. But anyway, that's the story of the pink lady. I like her, though. I would, I would like, totally hang out with her. I think she's all right. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyways, we're going to take a quick break for our sponsor and then when we come back Tracy's going to read us uh, a little bit of iTunes and a little bit of uh, Patreon support and we've got uh, my musical contribution for the night <laughs> alright Tracy before you get into that I want to quick mention again go to our website hillbillyhorrorstories.com you get merch and everything else there but the main reason I want you to go there is because we have teamed up with Paranormal Kicks Cancer uh, this is Sunday, so if you listen tonight, tomorrow morning, we're actually going to have an interview with uh, Alex and Chris, and they're going to tell you all about the charity. But you can actually go there, click on the link, and learn about it. And if it's something you want to help out some uh, mainly sick children mm-hmm. that have cancer or their parents so they can stay with the kids, it's a, a, a great, great charity, and we're happy to be involved. Yeah, we're very honored. And, you know, yeah, check them out, guys. Any little bit helps. Um you know just if whatever you can do but just we need to show some support for this great group and we're very happy for them and very i mean i think it's just wonderful that they're doing this stuff also nothing to completely announce now but hopefully in the next two weeks we hope to have some live events set up for the end for the the second part of the year that way we get a chance for everybody to get the vaccine and everything to be in a lot better shape around here but we're going to be looking at uh, a couple places i know st augustine's on the books dallas fort worth is on the books possibly west virginia so we'll go from there we won't do a ton this year because we're getting a late start yeah but we're going to set up some so we'll be thinking about it oh god we're so excited we cannot wait we missed y'all so bad what do you got itunes reviews like all right i have jason b mojo lobster care clm 
Enter a nickname 18 <laughs> and McCannahan. McCannahan. I don't think I said that right. McCanna. McCanna. Oh, God. M C A M H O N. I'm sorry. I know I like totally can't say how do you say that pro- i don't know it's probably mccayman but mccayman oh I, I bet that's how it is well anyway i love you thank you so much i'm sorry i butchered your name uh your reviews were awesome thank you guys so much it got it just really it just warms our heart and we appreciate that more than you'll ever know and then our patreons for this week is miss Marin parker and philip kelly thank you guys so so much for your support of the group and uh, just we are just still in awe of how many reviews we get and support and it's just we just love it yeah and on the patreon side like i said we even regardless of the review that came out a couple weeks we hardly ever mention patreon other than yeah we really don't but you know we've actually had a really good month with new members signing up and everything and we appreciate it well you get off of it i can't it's driving me crazy but you know just a quick reminder that if you don't like the commercials you, for a dollar a month, you literally can get every episode mm-hmm. commercial free mm-hmm. as well as like, even the El Yucateco stuff we take out of mm-hmm. it. And then also you get four uh, bonus episodes. Yep. So you can get a little something for just a dollar a month. So, right. you know, and then like I said, it goes up for there, but you can go to Patreon and, and look us up and see all the different things you get for everything from discounts to on merch to a boatload of episodes and all that. So Yeah, we appreciate y'all more than you'll ever know. And one real quick last thing. I hope you're enjoying Hillbilly Dead Time Stories. We hit over 700 subscribers. Thank you, guys. Uh, we still need a lot more. We need to reach 1,000 subscribers before we can get to that next level on there. If you're listening, please go to YouTube, Hillbilly Dead Time Stories, and subscribe and hit the notification button. We greatly appreciate it. Help us out more than you realize, and it doesn't cost a penny to do it. I guess without further ado... Ooh, y'all, get ready. Hope you enjoy. Well, I'm ever upper class high society. God's gift to ballroom notoriety. And I always fill my ballrooms, the event is never small. The social pages say I've got the biggest balls of all. I've got big balls, I've got big balls. And they're such big balls, and they're daddy big balls. And he's got big balls, and she's got big balls. My ballroom always full. Everybody comes and comes again. If your name is on the guest list, no one can take you higher. Everybody says I've got great balls of fire. I've got big balls. Oh, I've got big balls. And they're such big balls. Dirty big balls. And he's got big balls. And she's got big balls. Charity and some for fancy dress, but when they're head for pleasure, they're the balls that I like best. My balls are always bouncing to the left and to the right, 
It's my belief that my big balls should be held every night. Oh, we've, we've got, got big balls. balls. We've, we've got, got big balls. balls. We've, we've got, got big balls. Dirty big balls. He's got big balls. And she's got big balls. But we've got the biggest balls of them all. tell you about them. They're such wonderful fun. And seafood cocktail, crabs, crayfish, 